is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Little roller up along first, behind the back, it gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. See you, Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Tuned into Game On with Josh Silverberg. Game On! Talking all things sports. It's, it's Game On! Yeah, Game On! Game On! Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, on another episode of Game On here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm your host, Josh Silverberg, joining you at this time. Or Speedy, Speedy doing the producing, and you're going to see Speedy a little bit later on on the show as well. Remember, you can check out our wonderful program along with other great programs as well. If you have an iPhone, you go to the Apple Store, you type in WWSRN. If you have an Android, you go to the Google Play Store and you type in Worldwide Sports. The app is completely free. There's other programs on there, great articles, and so much more. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. If you want to see Errol's ridiculous videos of mocking Speedy, you can check those out as well on Snapchat. Fans can type in their comments. And let's see, Snug already got one. He wrote Speedy. So there you go. It's funny. Speedy's not even here yet. And Speedy already gets more love than I do. But that's typical. We have a great show for you, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get into some MLB off-season stuff. Carlos Correa heading back to the Minnesota Twins. You would think after all the... Hoopla and everything, it was going to get finished. Three weeks very much wasted. Where does that leave the Mets? And where does that leave Carlos Craig going forward? We're going to get into a little bit of basketball conversation. Why it's going to be extremely difficult for the NBA to sell any fan on this Western Conference this year and who the representative is going to be. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about some WWE sales stuff. We'll get into all of that. Is Tony Khan going to buy... WWE and merge WWE and AEW. We heard all about the Saudi Arabia conversation. All of that was going on and so much more, you know, so we are going to get into all of that. Make some picks. Uh, Obviously, my debacle last week with the national championship. I'm not even going to get into it. My head said Georgia. My heart said TCU. I went with my heart. Never going to do that again. So that's a fact. And we'll get into our buzzer beater as well. I know we started the program a little bit late. We're just trying to get some stuff together. My mom writes, like your goatee. How about those 49ers? And we will get to those 49ers in a few minutes. Speedy's going to join us for our picks. We're also going to get to some NFL football conversation that is going to be great for the offseason. Teams like the Jets, you're hearing head coaching carousel stuff going on. Sean Payton, does he go coaching? You hear now Sean McVay has given the okay to the Rams. He will be coming back to the L.A. Rams. So we'll see who decides what. And there could be a job openings after this playoff weekend. If Mike McCarthy and Brandon Staley both lose this weekend, are their jobs in jeopardy? We'll get into that and so much more. But first, it is wild card weekend. 
And I was looking over the schedule, and it's interesting. I'm trying to find a story about this weekend that really stands out with these games. Also, by the way, the number to call is 631-672-3108. And also, check us out on WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Uh, we'll get into the Yankees moves, Frankie, a little bit later on after 6.30, about the Yankees moves being enough or not enough. I will give my opinion on that. But first, again... I was looking at these games this weekend. Now, uh, I'm actually I'm going to be away this weekend, so I'm not even going to be able to watch the games tomorrow. I'll do the best I can to watch them. But I'm really trying to view these football games. And I'm trying to find a point now that stands out and say, which game to me really is one that people are going to say, I want to rush home and go watch that. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you go through the games. 49ers Seahawks, I think the 49ers are going to absolutely drub the Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith has not played well the last few weeks. We've seen that. They're lucky they even got in the playoffs. They almost lost the game to the Rams, which the referees gifted them. But on top of that, I know the weather's going to be a factor in San Francisco. You're talking about possible rain. It's been raining there for like the last five or six days, so they've said. And to me, when I look at it like this, when you have Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, a top five offensive line, and that defense, which, by the way, has been a little leaky the last few weeks, but they figured it out. Jared Siddham a little bit. And then, uh, my goodness, uh, Speedy, you probably know this. Who, I, uh, I forget who the quarterback was for the Cardinals uh, last week that played against them and everything. So, to, to me, David Blau, there you go. A little bit of leakage. But to me, I think the 49ers were looking ahead. They were looking ahead and saying to themselves, okay, we know we're not getting the one. It's done. Let's let's think about our opponent. Now they're getting a divisional opponent in the 49ers. I know everybody always says it's tough to beat an opponent three times a year. Not in this case. It's not going to be tough for the San Francisco 49ers. I can tell you that right now. I'm watching it on paper in my head. The Seahawks, to me... They had uh, a couple of injuries the last few weeks on their defense. That is going to hurt them badly. And the thing of it is, I know the rain could possibly affect the rain could possibly affect, uh, you know, with, with uh, Brock Purdy and everything like that. We don't know. We're not sure. Here's the thing. When you have Christian McCaffrey and an offensive line on the ground, you're not going to have a concern. To me, I'm not worried at all about the 49ers winning this game. And again, this is not a compelling game. I think this is going to be a drubbing by the 49ers against the Seahawks. Then you have the night game, Baltimore-Cincinnati. If I'm No, I think Baltimore-Cincinnati is the Sunday night game. Saturday night game is Jaguars-Chargers. It's an interesting game. It's an interesting game in the fact that the, these two quarterbacks are two of the new young kids on the block that are both making their playoff debuts. You have Justin Herbert, who has looked like a top five or six quarterback the last few seasons, and then you have Trevor Lawrence, who came on hot at the end of the season after people were writing him off. Urban Meyer disaster last year. We now saw Urban Meyer doesn't belong anywhere near the NFL. And I knew, I remember higher, getting that contract last year from the Jaguars, I said – it is a disaster that Urban Meyer should even be coaching this team. Yes, you're Speedy, you are 100% right. Urban Meyer will be back at Ohio State in two years because as a Wisconsin fan, I love Ryan Day. I love Ryan Day. I support Ryan Day. Ryan Day is my guy. It's my guy right there. Getting back to the Jaguars-Chargers game, it's an interesting game because the thing is the, char- the, the Jaguars didn't look good the last few weeks. 
they, they, they've won games, but they did not look great against Tennessee. And that was their first big game that they've had in a very long time. Now, listen, give credit to Doug Peterson, his first season here in Jacksonville, making the playoffs. Nobody saw that happening, right? When I look at the Chargers, and I said this on the show last week, the Chargers are a team I'd be very nervous to play. Here's the problem. And we saw it last week in a game that meant absolutely nothing to the Chargers. The rankings, the standings were not going to change and everything like that. Here's the thing. What was the point of Mike Williams, by the way, what was the point of Mike Williams even playing in the, in this game last you know last week? I'm trying to see who uh, Kenny is talking about. I don't see a thing on the DMs anywhere, but um, he's trying to DM. He's trying to send a message to Snug. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you got to be able to clarify that, Kenny. I mean, nobody knows who we're talking about here. But thank you for the chiming on that, Speedy. I appreciate it because I was like, "Who is he talking it's, to?" It's Kenny. He doesn't always he doesn't okay. always give, give the direct answers. Okay, you, I was just making sure. You get used to it more often. Yeah, I was just making sure. Um, the thing of it is, is that when I look at this game. I, the winner of this game is not going into Kansas City and beating the Chiefs. So that's what you get as a – you get a nice little consolation prize. You get to win a playoff game. You get a little experience and you go to the next round. To me, Brandon Staley is coaching. If they lose this game, because Sean Payton is there, I can't see Brandon Staley coming back. And what he did last week was just indefensible. You don't – why are you playing Mike Williams in a meaningless game that doesn't change the outcome of anything? It doesn't change anything. It never would. Your team was healthy going into the playoffs in a in somewhat of a perspective way. You just, I believe you just got Keenan Allen back. They were Justin Herbert was doing what he was doing and everything of that nature. To me, I think the issue is with the Chargers is a coaching. And as Speedy alluded to it earlier, the Chargers are going to Charger. It's 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 like it's just the nature of the beast. It's always gonna happen. So you have that on Saturday. Then Sunday, you have what I possibly think could be a TCU Georgia type score in the Dolphins and the Bills. Chu is not playing, Bridgewater's not playing. Skylar Thompson is lucky he even beat the Jets last week. And Skylar Thompson is going to get the unfortunate uh, job of having to play quarterback against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo in Orchard Park, where that stadium is going to be absolutely nuts. The Dolphins don't have a chance or a prayer in that game. Nobody believes in them. I believe the I believe it was a, I believe Buffalo's fair by thirteen. If I'm not mistaken, it's it, there's no shot. There's no point of even discussing this game. Miami doesn't have a shot. Now, listen, it's unfair to judge Miami this year because of the Tua injury. I would have been very curious to see what would have happened. The problem is Tua's had three concussions in the last three months. Does Tua even come back to play football next year? And that is something that the Dolphins have to figure out. That's number one. Number two, I keep hearing people say because Sean Payton and Tom Brady share the same agent that they might want to do a package deal going to Miami. But the thing of it is, do you really want to get rid of Mike McDaniel, who had a pretty good season this year and his first year as head coach and making the playoffs? 
that to me wouldn't make any. Now, listen, if you have a chance to get Tom Brady with, of course, with, with, with Mike Gusecki, um, you have Mike Gusecki, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, uh, Raheem Mostert, who I like. Now, if you have a chance to get Tom Brady, it's a different story, but I, I don't think you need to do a package deal with Sean Payton and Tom Brady. I think McDaniels can work with Brady. I just I, – I, I don't know what the thought process is going to be with Tua this year, coming year. Three concussions in three months is a very weird thing that barely happens, and the NFL is going to be extremely cautious on this entire thing because they don't want to take another um, – they don't want to take another bad PR hit. Take it enough already. Since the whole thing happened. To me, I look at it in this way. The question is going to be is, will Tua play next year with them? Do they go another route? Do they go get a Jimmy Garoppolo? Do they maybe try for, I don't think they're going to go after Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is going to the Jets, but we'll see. Then you have one of the more, I would say, compelling games this weekend. And that's the Giants and the Vikings. And the Vikings are three-point favorites. Now, the Giants lost to the Vikings in Minnesota a couple weeks ago, and the Giants put up a good fight. I don't believe Xavier McKinney was playing. Those guys were not playing. And I, all week I was going to pick the Giants. I, I had the Giants. You know, Adore Jackson's not going to be playing this week either. I was going to pick Giants. And we'll get to picks. B and I are going to get to our picks in a little while. Or we'll just save them when we come back from the break. We'll do them after the break. Uh, Speedy, we'll do picks after. To me, I I don't know. I don't know if the Giants are going to have enough in this game from a talent standpoint to beat Minnesota. Because here's the thing. I need to know how is Justin Jefferson going to get stopped? How is Dalvin Cook going to get stopped on the run? And who's pass rushing? On the Giants. Dexter Lawrence has been fantastic this season. He has. He's been great this season. The thing of it is, I don't know if that's going to be enough for the Giants to beat the Vikings. I'm, and We're doing our picks when we come back on from break. I'm still on the fence with this pick. Because I don't know which way to swing. All week I was thinking Giants are going to win this. Giants got this. They have this. They're going to get it. I sit here today and I say, I don't know. Because the thing is, I still have to trust. And Snug, I completely agree with you what you're saying. They are tough at home. I have to see what Kirk Cousins does. And the thing of it is, Kirk Cousins gets a lot of hate. Not because he's a, a bad quarterback. It's because, one, he doesn't do well in big games. We know this. He doesn't do well in primetime. He gets paid a lot of money. That's why everybody hates Kirk Cousins. But if you look at the numbers and you dive deeper into into Kirk Cousins' career statistics, they're very good numbers. They're top 15 quarterback numbers. Some years he's been, I'd say, ninth or 10th, 11th in the league. Now, the Vikings don't have a good defense, right? Their defense stinks. It's not great. But who... Is Daniel Jones going to throw the football to other than Darius Slater? Kenny Galladay is not just going to show up after scoring a touchdown last week and think he's the Kenny Galladay from three years ago in Detroit. That's not happening. You're going to have to rely on Saquon Barkley in this game. And if they can't run the football, they, not, they don't have a shot in this game. It's going to be a close game. I can 100% see in the game 24-all and Viking-esque in the playoffs – you know, Viking S. Kirk Cousins throws a pick six, and it's returned by Xavier McKinney for a touchdown. The Giants go on to the division round. 
because let's call it like it is. In the last few years, the Minnesota Vikings have given their fans heartache, pain, and everything you can imagine in the playoffs. From the Blair Walsh missed 19 yard, 27 yard field goal to the Brett Favre interception to, I believe it was years ago, the kicker that missed the field goal. He didn't miss a field goal all season long, and it was against Atlanta to get them to the Super Bowl. Gary Anderson, and he missed it. It's the Vikings have had as many heartbreaking losses of that. And they've had great wins. Of course, the Minneapolis miracle a couple years ago with Stefan Diggs. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what, um, what Lattimore was trying to do on that play. I don't know what he was thinking he was trying to do, but they've had as crushing of defeats in the postseason as any team I could remember having the Minnesota Vikings. So like I said, it wouldn't surprise me. And then remember, don't forget the lesson they played the Giants was in 2000, the NFC Championship game, where the Vikings were supposed to have home field, completely collapsed down the stretch. The Giants took over the one seed, and they beat them. I believe it was 41. It was either 41 nothing or 41 to 7, if I'm not mistaken. And that was, the, 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 that was a very good Viking team that should have went to the Super Bowl, and they did not. And the Giants got drubbed in the school by Baltimore that year. So to me, I look at that game. That's an interesting game. Then you have Baltimore-Cincinnati. Only plays, the third-string quarterback plays. It doesn't matter. Cincinnati's on a row. I believe they've won six straight. This is what Joe Burrow does right before the playoffs. We saw it last year. And to me, when I look at how the Bengals are built right now, they're playing hot at the right time. They're playing hot at the exact moment you'd want a team to get hot. And that's right before the postseason. They'll beat Baltimore. Listen. If Lamar had a contract, Lamar Jackson is playing in this game. Lamar doesn't have a contract. He's not playing in this game. He's been ruled out. That's the facts. He doesn't want to risk his body. He doesn't want to risk injury. He doesn't want to lose millions of dollars. Let's call it like it is. If Lamar had that guaranteed money, he's out there on Sunday against Cincinnati. And then I would give Baltimore a shot. The problem is... With Baltimore, I mean, excuse me, with Cincinnati, it's their pass rush to me is still a little sketchy. You have to rely on Trey Hendrickson, who definitely doesn't isn't having the year that he had last year, for sure. Bates trying to play better. He was a disaster at the beginning of the season. Wouldn't it be something if next week you get Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Buffalo next week? And then you look back at a couple weeks ago, and if Cincinnati beats Buffalo on that home in that in that Monday night game with the Mar Hamlin game. Since I went to that game, the other ones with the home field it makes you think. <clears throat> oh no, Eli Apple, no speedy, stop, stop it. And then you have the last game, and that is the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's the Cowboys versus Tom Brady. Two things NFL fans cannot even stand. But let's call it like it is. If you had to pick who would fans want to root for more, the Dallas Cowboys to lose or Tom Brady to lose, they would probably pick the Cowboys to lose. Dallas, I believe, is too strong against Tampa. They've been inconsistent Tampa. Their offensive line has been a disaster this year with the injuries. Mike Evanson scored a touchdown, I think, for seven weeks in a row before last uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Tampa has got a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball this year. Todd Bowles is still coaching. I mean, it's almost like a which coach is worse, Todd Bowles or uh, Mike McCarthy. And by the way, 
<clears throat> in my – I know a lot of people have been saying, with Dallas, oh, Dallas, if they lose this game, Mike McCarthy's out as head coach. He's done. He's out. To me, the only way I think he's out is if they get destroyed or Sean Payton is giving them a guarantee that he's going to come back. I that Sean Payton's giving them a guarantee he's going to join them. Other than that, I think Mike McCarthy is 100% expected to be back next year. Again, unless they lose like 41 to 10. Now, Dak's been a problem the last few weeks. Let's call it like it is. Dak has been a disaster as a quarterback the last few weeks. He's been awful. He's having one of his worst statistical seasons of his career. His interception rates are high. He has too much talent on that offensive side of the football to be doing what is going on. Ezekiel Elliott's nowhere near what he was. That's why Pollard's been getting more of the lift. They still have C.D. Lamb, who was looking like that wide receiver they drafted. Yeah, that is true. The one that people did not want, which was C.D. Lamb. The Dallas Cowboys have to win this game. They have to win this game. The year they've had, the special season they've had, if they lose this game. Now, again, I think McCarthy is still back. But going into next season, if they get off to a very slow start early on, I think he's going to be out. The other question you have to wonder is, are they going to lose Dan Quinn? They can't afford to lose Dan Quinn on that defensive side of the football. Look at what he's done with that team. It's amazing how good that defense has become. So when we come back, Speedy is going to join me for the picks. Again, you could call in the show number 631-672-3108 if you want to call in. Speedy and I are going to do our picks when we come back. We'll get into a little NFL offseason conversation. What are the Jets going to do at quarterback? Where the coaches are going to be going, going forward with the openings, such as the Texans, the Cardinals, all these teams that have openings. We know Sean McVay, he has said he is coming back. We're getting to a little baseball conversation. Did the Mets do right by not bringing in Carlos Correa? And what are my thoughts on the New York Yankee season? And I got to tell you, this Western Conference in the NBA, good luck selling me on it. Because to me, look at these teams that are in first place that could be going to the finals. It doesn't interest me. And we'll get to our buzzer beater. That's all coming up right here on Game One here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Game on! Game on! We're back! You're listening to Game On with Josh Silverberg. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I still love that Wayne's World stuff. That's awesome that they're back. And Speedy is with us now. What's up, man? Yeah, I am back for the picks and with a new haircut. I see that. And I'm going to keep track of these picks because at the end of it, we're going to see who has the better picks in the end. I know how you are with the analytics and the analysis of everything. So you're going to That's my great analysis of how Eli Apple finally looks like a somewhat competent corner this year. I, I got to tell you, I love that haircut, man. Glad you, you enjoy great. it. Yes. You look fantastic. Well, it's funny because next weekend I was talking with Arrow, possibly uh, getting together next weekend to watch the football games. And I said, you know what? I said, and, and Speedy go, and Arrow goes, Speedy looks like a, he looks like a person now. So I, yes, <laughs> like, I'm no longer an alien life form <laughs> for all the people that thought that. Oh, we love you, Speedy. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, you can listen to our show. It's brand with our, not brand new, but it's a free app. If you have an iPhone, Download the app on, on the on the bleh, on the iPhone. Type in WWSRN Android. Go to the Google Play Store. Type in Worldwide Sports. Worldwide Sports Radio We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. You can also hear on Snapchat as well. Arrow's lovely videos about asking Speedy the most awkward, weird questions that he possibly could ask. Now you can avoid those. No, those are good. It's good. It's good content. Remember that we're all about content here, Speedy. So it's good. 
All right. So let's get into our picks right now. And let's start with the first game. And that would be the 49ers and the Seahawks. I'll start first with this one. It's an easy one. It's a no-brainer. Geno has looked terrible the last few weeks. We've seen it. The interception rates have gone up. We've seen it in the turnovers. And, yes, I know Snug likes it when the cats come into the, into the show. It's great. Um, to me, I, I know the weather's going to be a factor. It's been raining nonstop in California. I believe it's supposed to rain until Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. It's not supposed to stop. When you have Christian McCaffrey on the ground and you have the defense, I think this hurts Seattle more than it's going to hurt the 49ers. It's easy. To me, the 49ers are the pick in this one. I believe the line was, was it 12 and a half? I believe it was, Speedy. I believe it was 12 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. The last time I checked, the 49ers were 12 and a half. It, it, it was, because I'm thinking, I was thinking nine it's and a half. It's nine and a half right now. Nine and a half. So it is nine and a half. So I'll, I'll take the 49ers in this one. I'll take the 49ers, and to me, I I, I think it's, I'm going to take the over in this one. I think they're easily going to beat the Seahawks. It's going to be a drubbing. Brock Purdy is going to show you why. And everybody keeps asking this question. What are they going to do next year with Trey Lance? Here's the thing. Shanahan drafted Purdy as well. So Shanahan looks like a genius even still because he drafted Brock Purdy. So either way, it's like a win-win kind of. I know they traded a lot for Trey Lance. Jimmy G, we know, is gone. So, to me, I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. Yeah, I'm, I got, definitely got the 49ers in this one for the main reason of Seattle's had trouble stopping the run this year, 25th in the league against the run. And See, There he goes with the stats. See, yep, there we go. 49ers did also get Elijah Mitchell back in addition to Christian McCaffrey. I do think he serves a big role. He was good in the playoffs for them last year in both the Dallas game and the Packers game. So I do think he'll have his efficient runs here and there, and I think there's just too much motion for this uh, Seahawks more zone physical defense to be able to stop down it's the road. Me, who's the linebacker that got hurt for the Seahawks? The, the line. Recently? Oh, the who was it? Oh, the linebacker that got hurt for the Seahawks. I'll figure that out. Yeah, he was one. He was one of the big players on defense that got hurt for them, and he was one of the better uh, speed guys on the field for them. And they oh, lost Jordan him. Brooks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he is good. Jordan I Brooks is I like out, Jordan so Brooks. that hurts them. He got hurt, I believe, in the Jet game. So he's yeah, out. Yeah, seventeen. Yep, you're right. Yep. So he's done. So he's out. So to me. So, Speedy, you're going with 49ers as well? I'm going with the 49ers. I think Seattle will keep it close for, like, three quarters, and then I think San Francisco will pull away. I think Geno Smith does well on the ground, but I, I like the matchup for Traverius Ward against DK Metcalf, and I don't know how healthy Tyler Lockett is. I have I have 49ers 34-20. No, Snug. It's not Brian Bosworth. Jesus. Oh, God. Wow. Oh, no. Brian Bosworth. Go watch Bosworth. for 30 about that, okay? One of the biggest busts in the NFL history. Go watch that. Uh, the next game intriguing i'm not gonna run to my couch to watch it jaguars chargers the winner of that game gets to get a drubbing the next week in kansas city oh you're not gonna watch how the chargers will find another weird way to lose well i gotta tell you and again you remember what i said on the show last week and you even agreed with me to a standpoint of i said the chargers are a scary team to play and then of course brand Staley decided to screw that up by playing mike williams in the game for absolutely no reason at all and then what does he do? He's now out for the season. They lose their number one receiver, obviously, next to Keenan Allen. He's done. But to me, I'm still going to go with the uh, – God, I'm going to regret this. I know I'm going to regret this. I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. I I didn't like how Lawrence played last week. You're lucky they beat Tennessee. Can you imagine if they lost that game at home to Tennessee against a third-string quarterback who they picked up on waivers, Tennessee? They were so desperate. 
I don't like how Jacksonville's offense played. I haven't liked how Lawrence has played the last week or so. He's having a great season. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't say great. That's a strong word. A, a good season. And Doug Peterson, I give him a lot of credit. Now, look, this is where the Jaguars have the advantage, right? Speedy, they have it in the coaching. Mm-hmm. You're saying it gets Staley. The Chargers have to win this game. If the Chargers lose this game, Bram Staley shouldn't even get on the plane back to L.A. They might as well just hire Sean Payton at that point, call it a day, and move on, be done with it, end of discussion. To me, they have a lot to play for. They have more talent than the Jaguars do. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Well, this game is going to be close because these offenses are very similar, where I think you look at receiving depth they're going to rely on. Now, the Chargers have it less now with Mike Williams, but still, they've had good stretches with guys like uh, DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer who played well when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were out this year. Both are very similar type running backs. Both are good, great pass-catching backs. Eckler is the best in the league with that, and Travis Etienne, before he got hurt, was very good with that as well. And both have had issues when it comes to pure running the ball. So I think that it makes a difference of whoever runs the ball more efficiently, not necessarily for high volume, but more efficiently in the power running game, I think will make a difference. Now, I trust the Jags' front seven a little more. I know the Chargers did get Joey Bosa back, but they're still missing three defensive tackles. Kenneth Murray's been kind of up and down this year with injury as well. And the Chargers' young, or the Jags' young linebackers have played very well this year. Devin Lloyd, Chab Muma, both both rookies and played well. And they're three good pass rushers. Trayvon Walker, who I, we, I think we all mocked for him drafting number one wall but he still played well in the second half of the year. So I just trust them against a banged-up Chargers offensive line just a little more. Uh, and you're right, the coaching edge is really what I think will have a difference. I think Doug Peterson... Oh, I expect Sailor to screw this game up. Yeah, I think Doug Peterson will put his players in good position to win the game late. The, he did that a lot with the Eagles even after the Super Bowl, too. Uh, the last, the two years after that when they were wild-card teams, and they still beat the Bears, and they still hung tough with a better Seattle team. So I think the, definitely coach advantage goes to Doug Peterson, home field advantage. Give me the Jags in this one at 28-24. Okay, and I believe the line on that game is, I, was, I think it was, was it three? Three and a half. I thought it was three for the Chargers. I'm trying to think. I think it was three and a half. I know the Giants was three. I think that was the smallest spread of the weekend. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it is Chargers two and a half right now. Two and a half, so it went down. Okay. Yep. Clearly, Vegas is – people are solely not – I guess maybe the one Mike Williams Yep, injury. that's what happens when your most skilled wide receiver is now out with yeah. a back injury. Good job, that's, Brandon Staley. That, that's – Yep, that's going to scare people. So, to me, I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. You'll go with the Jaguars. Next game, it's going to be, as I said, TCU-Georgia score. <laughs> I believe the Bills were 13-and-a-half favorites. Yes, they still are. Me, they still are. That's going to be an over. It's, to me, it's going to be a disaster out there for Skylar Thompson. And I don't want people to fault Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel is a good coach. Yes. I like Mike McDaniel. I like him a lot. He's the kind of guy that I want to go smoke a bogey with and hang out at the bar and watch a football game with, okay? That's the type of guy that he reminds me of. He's chill. To me, I look at it, it's just good. You're asking a lot for McDaniels to get something out of Skylar Thompson. who was lucky to even beat the Jets last week. Because let's call it like it is. If they lose that game, the Steelers are getting into the playoffs, and you get to see Kenny Pickett next week. Which oh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't do great. Pickett, Pickett played better at the end of the year. Um... How did he play against the Bills? It was like 45 to 13. That game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't really make a difference. I think Buffalo, they have so much emotion going on right now with the Mar Hamlin stuff. Yep. They have so much energy on this team. You're seeing it on the field. You're seeing it 
off the field. And no, Frankie, it wouldn't be Francesa. I'm more of a Chris Russo guy anyway, not a Francesa guy. I'm a Mad Dog guy. To me, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills in this one. It's going to be a slaughter. It's going to be embarrassing. But the Dolphin fans should not hang their head on this because here's the thing. The Dolphins have a lot of promise. They need to figure out what's to, what is with Tua, and they need to figure out, are they going to make a serious run at Tom Brady? Because if they get Tom Brady in the building next year, then they got a shot. Then they got a shot. You imagine if they get Tom Brady and the Jets get Derek Carr, and now you got the the AFC East is now what? Carr, Brady. And Josh uh, Allen and whoever held the Patriots. Jones <laughs> is, is – uh, I mean, they're going to fix the offense is what I've heard, but I'm going to go with the Oh, Bills. they're going to fix the offense. Yeah, they're, they're going to upgrade from Matt Patricia to somebody not named Matt Patricia. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I keep hearing Cliff Kingsbury's name, so I mean, uh, I can't imagine Kingsbury wanting to work with Belichick. They're two completely different persons. Well, I guess, that's a, I guess well, it's an upgrade over Matt Patricia, but again. Yeah, him, but it's it, water and oil. You can't mix two of them together. I know, but still, you want to—you are Cliff Kingsbury who misused a pretty good arsenal of skill players that the Arizona Cardinals have and used them in all the wrong ways. To be fair, now you brought that up. I was the guy when we were doing loudmouths a year ago. I got screamed and mauled at by you and Arrow when I said Kyler Murray, to me, is an overrated quarterback and is not that good. I got creamed by the two of you on that episode. Slaughtered. My point is valid with that. Right. Thanks, but I'm going to go with the Bills in this game. Yeah, I, th- I think everyone's going with the Bills in this game, maybe besides some mm-hmm. Dolphins fans that are just uh, too high no, on something. No, Mike is a huge Dolphin fan. He knows Dolphins are going to get slow. Okay. It, it, it's, <laughs> o- it's only the locals that might be high on whatever Miami drug ring they're be- a part of that might have a shot of thinking that the Dolphins will win. The Dolphins will basically have to go full-blown Wildcat, like Mike McDaniel coaching masterpiece kind of thing to have any shot in this game, yeah. But because the other thing, too, is their defense has had trouble against chunk plays, and the Bills, I think, are going to get a lot of them in this game. I think this is the game that Gabe Davis finally reemerges into what he saw at the beginning of the season. He's had a rough last six games. Yeah, that pass defense from Miami is not good. Yeah. Good. Their safeties are pretty good, but, yeah, yeah, their corners have had trouble with, with chunk plays, and uh, Byron Jones has not been good since his contract. Xavier Howard's been all right, but still has fallen off since where he when he got his contract two years ago. And the Bills are going to get enough chunk plays, and... I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to get a little bit of a running game in the second half just to experiment with it. They need to find a running game and find an identity because if they want to beat the Chiefs, they're going to have to do that. So, uh, yeah, give me the Bills, though, 34-14. to Beautiful. Now we have a tough game. I know you're going to put your giant hat on. You're going to get all excited. You're going to be like, my goodness, Brian Gable is the greatest thing to ever happen coming to the Giants since I'm Coughlin this year. I know how you are, Speedy. Okay, so we're, we're going to get all the, the, that out of the way. For me, I was gone the Giants all week. All week. The Giants are going to win this game. No way they're going to lose. And then today, something hit me. And I said to myself, well, who is who, who is Daniel Jones going to throw the football to if they can't get the run game going? If they can't get this run game going, who's throwing the football to? Kenny, Kenny Gaudet ain't showing up through the door from four years ago. Okay? Oh, uh, can, they, can they please trade him for a 2027 sixth-round pick? For the yeah, of well, you know, I mean... Look, there might be still you, some value left. Uh, let me tell you. Well, somebody's got to take on that contract, too, which is great. It's all, again, it's a, it's a draft pick four, four years down the road. I think they'll yeah, be I know okay. That, but the Giants bet on themselves in that, in that, in that, in that, with that contract. But to me, with the Vikings, here's the, here's the thing. <clears throat> and I said it before. Nobody likes Kirk Cousins because he gets paid a lot of money. He doesn't do well in big games. And he doesn't do well in primetime games. That's why people don't like Kirk Cousins. I don't know who's stopping Justin Jefferson in this game. Maybe Xavier McKinney could try. It's going to be very difficult. 
there's only been one really tough game that Jefferson has had this year. And again, this is not me putting my jet hat on, but it was against Ahmad Gardner. It was against Sauce. Sauce was really the one corner that gave him fits this season. I don't know who's stopping Justin Jefferson. Again, you're going to ask Dexter Lawrence to do a lot. I don't know if he could do everything. This Viking team with Dalvin Cook is going to do well. Cousins plays well at home, better than on the road. We've seen that. I'm just thinking in my head, it being 20 to 20, with and the Vikings are driving down the field to score to get a field goal, and Kirk Cousins throws a pick six to somebody, and they would just add to the Viking debacle of their postseason losses that have ever happened to that franchise. I don't think I've ever seen a team have more tougher losses in football history that I've seen the Minnesota Vikings have just as dreadful amount of losses. Yeah, probably either that meant the Bengals. <laughs> probably the Bengals. If you want to count the Falcons in there with that Super Bowl, that's fine. But the Vikings have some brutal losses. I'm going to go with Minnesota in this game. I don't like it. I'm not, like, I'm not confident in it. That's the biggest thing with me. But to me, I'll stick with Minnesota. I hate Minnesota's defense. Their defense is absolutely awful. It's not, especially their pass defense stinks. It's not great. I think Daniel Jones is going to, it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to somebody making a mistake at the end of the game. It wouldn't shock me if Daniel Jones, excuse me, if Kirk Cousins threw up an interception at the worst time, and then the Vikings fans start to riot outside the stadium saying, get this guy out of here, go get me a real quarterback. But I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this is an interesting matchup for two reasons. I think when you look at the Vikings offensive line having a couple injuries, Brian O'Neill probably not going to play. Garrett Bradbury's going to play, but how healthy will he be against Dexter Lawrence is going to be a tough matchup. But again, th- how healthy? Is Ojalari healthy- playing? Ojalari's playing, but again, how healthy is he and, as well? And did you see the Evan Neal news today? What, what Evan Neal's knee? He hurt. He hurt his knee. In well, I know. I know he's been hurt he's for a while. He, he is going to play? Okay. So he re-aggravated it, but he's still going to play. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not really confident in that have, matchup. They don't have a pass rush, Minnesota, so you don't have to worry. I, I think Hunter and Smith are still good edge, edge rushers. Hunter's good. That's fine. Hunter's fine. But the thing of it is is that they're pa- – like, I respect Harrison Smith. The, the well, no, I'm more, I'm more referring to Zadarius Smith here, who oh. did have double-digit sacks no, this year. Darius, I think Zadarius, to me, when he's in a big game, you saw it in Green Bay, he goes invisible. He's okay. Invisible. I mean, I, I guess I, it's a pretty small sample to judge because with the Ravens, he only was a pass rusher. The one year they made the playoffs, he was kind of a third-string pass rusher. So it's tough. It, again, kind of tough to judge with that kind of thing. I think that matchup, though, is favorable for Zadarius Smith uh, with Evan Neal, who's Still had issues in the pass protection he this year. The this one, yeah. uh, Ian today. Okay, so yeah, but he's that, still going to play. Yeah, I expected him to play. I just again, I didn't know how well he was going to play in that instance. Just uh, even even with before reaggravating it today. So yeah, that's concerning. Now the other thing that that's rough to look at with the Giants is their secondary depth. They're relying on a lot of rookies and a lot of kind of versatile defensive backs in. Wink Martindale's scheme, and the, the Vikings have a lot of good receiving depth. It, you, I know you mentioned Jefferson's the superstar, but K.J. Osborne's played very well this last month. K.J. Osborne's still got Thielen. Yeah, and the Giants really do not have anyone that can guard T.J. Hawkinson either, and that was the biggest thing that carved yeah. up the Giants in the first meeting. That was too. an underrated trade to that Yeah, he's looked as consistent of a receiving stretch as he's had in his career with the Vikings coming in. Now, the Giants did do well on Dalvin Cook in the first meeting. Will they do it again? I don't know. I think Kevin O'Connell will find more creative ways to use him. Saquon Barkley, I think, does play better than he does in the first meeting, too. But, again, 
I don't think the Vikings are going to let Daniel Jones extend to the outside as much as he did in the first meeting either. I think those edge rushers do play better. So I do think the game will be close. I think the Giants' red zone defense will keep it close for the um, to hold them the field goals at certain points, but I am going to take the Vikings as well because I don't think the Giants are going to get enough chunk plays. The Vikings' defense has trouble with chunk plays, kind of like I was saying with Miami. They, but the Giants outside of Slayton really don't have anyone to stretch the field like that. Uh, Daniel Bellinger. Hey, Lawrence Cager's not going to do it for you? Oh, Jets practice squad legend, Lawrence Cager. <laughs> really quick, before we get to the next game, listen, remember this, though. Everybody says, how is Brian Dable going to coach? It's his first playoff game. It's not. He was an offensive coordinator in Buffalo for years. Wink Marndale, defensive coordinator in Baltimore for years. These guys have been to the playoffs before. They know what the playoff atmosphere is like. It will not be over. They, the light will not shine on them too bright. No, I... Kevin O'Connell's the guy that I think people need to look at a little bit more. Well, yeah, I, I think either way, though, the Giants coaching staff is not going to be the issue of, of why they lost this game. They, they, they still have the talent to be able to do it. It's I think the, the talent. I think the, talent. I think the Vikings just have too many mismatches, with, especially with their wide receivers and, and still also with their defensive line, too, against the Giants' offensive line that still isn't great. So give me Minnesota. I do think it's close. I'll say 27 to 20. And then we have our next game, which is Baltimore and Cincinnati. Listen, I don't want to hear... I know Lamar made a thing on Twitter. He said what he's feeling with his knee. Listen, if Lamar had a guaranteed contract and guaranteed money, he's playing Sunday. Don't tell me otherwise. He's playing on Sunday. He doesn't have his money, so he's not going to risk a severe injury. I think Lamar also sees the writing on the wall where he sees I can't throw the football to anybody on the team. Sammy Watkins is arguably his number two option right now. That's not good. So when you look at it in this perspective, Cincinnati, to me, they're playing great. I believe they've won six in a row. Yeah, they haven't lost since Halloween against the Browns. Haven't, and they should have won. They probably would have won seven. They were going to beat Buffalo on, on, on that Monday night game uh, before everything happened. And they would be the one that would be hosting the, the game next week against Buffalo instead of the other way around. Here's the thing. If, if Lamar played, I'd give Baltimore a shot. The problem is whether it's Huntley playing or whoever is the other one that's going to be playing, it doesn't make a difference. When Joe Burrow, we saw it last year, he gets in the playoffs, it's not too big for him. He led a team to the Super Bowl. Now, I know this year the road's going to be very difficult for him compared to last year. This year, he would have to go through Buffalo and then have to go through Kansas City. Last year, he had to go through Tennessee and Kansas City. Going to Orchard Park is very different than going to Nashville. So it's a very different way of how Burrow's going to have that road this year. I still like the Bengals in this game. I, I believe it was... The spread, I can't... <clears throat> eight, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Uh, I think it's going to be their rival, so they know each other. I think it'll be close. But to me, I think the Bengals will start to pull away in the second half. It's going to get too out of hand. Too much for Baltimore to come back from. Roquan Smith can only do so much for that defense. Give me the Bengals. Yeah, the, the the Ravens' defense, too, has been a little bit of an issue this year, especially in their secondary. Now, and they, they gave Roquan a new contract, though, which yeah, they deserved. Yeah, they did. Um, but even so, that's going to be a tough matchup when they really lack a lot of the pass rush depth. I know Justin Houston had a good wave of success rebirthing himself in the first half of the season, but they really don't have a lot of consistency with the edge rushing to take advantage of the lack of Lyle Collins for the Bengals. And the secondary, Marlon Humphrey's been good, but still not great for his standards. And Marcus Peters does not look good this year at all. And um, Marcus Williams coming over has struggled. Isn't that what Marcus Peters usually does? He did it in Casey too, where he was good at the beginning and then he struggled down the stretch. Yeah, and it's yeah. looking that way with the Ravens right now too. Yep. And then, and, and then, 
offensively, the Bengals, the, the, the Ravens, they really all they can do is run the ball, and the Cincinnati's great at stopping the run. They're seventh best run defense in the league right now, so it's going to be very hard this for them. To my, my numbers guy. Yeah, this so it, it, it's going to be very hard for the Ravens to do anything really in this game. They're going to have to hope for maybe Justin Tucker to make like seven field goals. Uh, give me the Bengals 34-13. Perfect. All right. And then, of course, I would say the biggest game of the week, the Oh, you mean the battle of the uh, two worst uh, fourth quarter clock management coaches? I, I, I would say that. I mean, I don't know which coach is worse, McCarthy or Bowles. I can't even decide which one the fans hate more, Brady or the Cowboys. It's tough to decide that one. Uh, and when you look at it in this perspective, give VSPN credit. They finally get a good game after years and years and years of getting the Houston Texans every single time. And you get to see Brock Osweiler lead the Houston Texans out there for a couple of games in the playoffs. That was always exciting for ESPN to get those games. That was great. I think three years in a row, he's been hosting the Houston game. I think two years in a row, they played the Bengals and beat Andy Dalton. I believe the line was... It's two and a half Dallas. It's two and a half Dallas. Okay, so interesting. I think people are a little scared of Dallas right now. Dak is not playing great. His turnover ratio, his touchdown to interception ratio has been awful the last month. The last few weeks, he's been dreadful. That, I hope that was not their best effort in that Washington game. And they were just trying to look ahead to the playoffs. Because if that was them trying to win a football game, Dallas is not winning to, on Monday. Dallas is not winning that football game Monday. Now, I'm going to pick Dallas in this game. The only way Mike McCarthy is fired as head coach is, again, and I said it earlier, one, they get drubbed in this game, or two, Sean Payton says to Jerry Jones, I'll join them. I'll join you guys, and I'll be the head coach. Other than that, McCarthy's coming back next year. As far as Tampa goes, I think Brady's done with them after this year. I think he's going to end up in Miami or the Raiders. That's Those are my two plays where I think he's going to go. Um, so, to me, I'm going to go with Dallas in this one. I'm not confident because, again, it's Brady in the playoffs. They're home. They don't like how Dallas has been playing lately. They've looked atrocious. That game against Washington was, was just – a despicable way and showing that they had last week. And if any Cowboy fan has confidence that this team is going to win the Super Bowl this year, <laughs> go watch that Washington game last week. Because i, I got to be honest with you, I did have confidence they could, they could go to the Super Bowl this year. I did. I don't have that anymore. The way Dak is playing right now, now Dak is still a good quarterback. Dak still, to me, a top 10 quarterback in this league. But to me, I don't like, I, 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 I don't like how they've been playing. I'm going to pick Dallas, and it'll be interesting to see next week. Because if I'm not mistaken, so Philly, <clears throat> I believe it would get reseeded. Um, so Philly, if Dallas wins and Minnesota wins, Philly would get Dallas. But if so the Giants that, win, Philly gets the Giants. See, now that's a game that's going to make me run to the couch and watch. Okay? Because I want to see how it hurts is still doing with that shoulder. But So to me, I'm going to go with Dallas in this game. Brady's going to have his swan song with Tampa. He'll go on to Miami or the Raiders. I'm going to go with Dallas in this game. Yeah, this is an interesting matchup. I think the one thing that's going to be interesting. Too many injuries too speedy for Tampa. Too many injuries. Yeah, I think receiving running backs are going to be the big storyline in this game. Leonard Fournette has actually done a better job catching screen passes this year and not as good at running the ball. They're very efficient. Yeah, I, say, he's one of the wor- I believe he's one of the worst run-efficient players in the league this year. Very in- very inefficient with the lack of the Bucks offensive line this year, all they lost in the offseason. 
they had to really rely on a lot of rookies this year. Tristan Wirfs got hurt later in the year, too, and even he wasn't playing great before that either. So it hasn't been the same for Fournette running the ball, but receiving he has done well, and I think that'll be a good counter for the Cowboys that do like to blitz a lot more often. Dan Quinn's not normally a blitz-happy guy, uh, going back to his Seattle and Atlanta days, but has been more blitz-happy with Dallas since he's come over there. So I think that's a counter for Fournette. The question is... Is the other receiver is going to be able to be trustworthy to be able to take advantage of Dallas's lack of secondary depth? They, Anthony Brown, has, he got hurt. Calvin Joseph hasn't played well. Trayvon Diggs is hit or miss, and they don't have much beyond yeah, that. He just accepts the football, but he doesn't do anything else. No, I know. Chris Godwin is really the only consistent wide receiver for the Buccaneers this year, so he'll have his. The question is, can they find? Can Mike Evans find the fountain of youth again? And then. Uh, the tight end play, I like their rookie Otten. He's looked pretty good at times, but again, it's not, it's not Gronk. It's not Cameron Bray. Can he be able to get something more out of that? And also the red zone offense is something that's been a little iffy for Tampa this year. They've had to settle for a lot of field goals. So I agree with you. I'm going to take Dallas. I think I think it will be a close game. I'm going to take them 27-23. Okay, so the only game we disagreed on is the L.A. Chargers-Jaguars game. Oh, well, of course. I, you, you expect me to pick the Chargers? <laughs> uh, listen, hey, listen. So I, <clears throat> every game we agreed on, uh, Speedy, thank you for <clears throat> joining me for this segment. I appreciate it. You and your numbers. Love it. Love seeing you. You're, Speedy's going to be joining us every week to the Super Bowl uh, with the picks, and I'm going to outduel him in this. Even though he did go, I heard, 14-2 and two last week. I did, yeah. I did, which is impressive. I mean – that's wild to do that. <clears throat> yeah, I also had a week where I went 4-13, and 13 too, so that was an idea. Well, I mean, that was just you probably smoking too much. So there you go. Uh, Speedy, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. We're, we're going to get into a little bit right now, a little bit of baseball right now, and we're going to talk about the Carlos Correa situation that happened. <clears throat> to me, because uh, I'm, I'm going to say until 7-15, with Carlos Correa, did the Mets do right by not bringing him back, by not signing him? Here's the reality. Carlos Correa went from $350 million to $315 million to getting 200 mil. That, to me, is a sign of a problem of a player that when you look at, <clears throat> and I heard Scott Boris's uh, segment on, you know, Darwinism with the body and stuff like that. When I look at the Carlos Correa situation, I was excited for it as a Met fan because I really felt like, okay, this guy could be a piece. As the weeks went by, I wasn't excited anymore. I was bored by it. I didn't, I didn't even care anymore. And then I thought about it even more, and I went, hmm, 12 years is a lot of years. For a guy that only hits 20, or just what, about 24, 25 home runs a year, 80 RBIs, and I believe hit over 300, I believe, once in his career. He's a great playoff hitter. But I think if you're the Mets... I think going out next year and getting a Manny Machado is better suited. That's where the New York Mets need to go. Is the Manny Machado sweepstakes. That's the guy you bring in. You sign him for a five-year deal. He's a little older than Correa, but just sign him to 12 years. You sign him for a five-year deal, six-year deal, and you let and you cook with that. You then have Alonzo, McNeil, Lindor, Machado. They'll still be interested in Otani. I think Otani's going to go to the Dodgers. That's just my opinion. I think the Dodgers are setting up for a run of him. I don't even know if he wants to come out to the East Coast. That's why I think Machado is going to come to the Mets. He doesn't want to be in California anymore. He wants to come out to the East Coast. To me, when I look at also with Correa, here's the problem. <clears throat> you know, we talk about having a big bopper bat in this lineup if you're the Mets. Here's the thing. 
Was Correa really that big bopper bat when he's only averaging 22 to 25 home runs a season? Again, great playoff player. The ankle has not bothered him in his career. God bless him. You hope it doesn't. I don't ever wish players to get hurt. But the guy went from 350 mil to 315 to 200 mil. And to me, that's a lot of money that's lost. I think the Mets are fine with the Eduardo Escobar. And here's another crazy idea. Why not just give Brett Beatty a shot? He was a top prospect at third base last year. Why not give Beatty a chance? You know, we talk about building this farm system, up, building this team up through the farm. Why not give Beatty a shot? And if Beatty doesn't work out, and you go and you sign Machado. And you, you plug Machado in there for a five- or six-year deal. He was second in the MVP this year. That's the big bopper hitter that the Mets need behind Alonzo. That's the guy. You could have Machado hit fifth behind Alonzo. That's the bat that they need. As far as the Yankees go, I know Frankie asked really, you know, I think they did too much. Is it enough? Is it not enough? The Rodon signing was a very good signing. It was a great signing. Here's the issue. Their lineup is the same. And yes, my, my, I know my dad's been saying that Correa would have been the fifth, fifth best hitter in this lineup. And I agree with you. I think behind McNeil, Alonzo, Lindor, and Marta, he would have been the fifth best hitter in this lineup. But the Yankees, when you look at them and you see what they're doing, <clears throat> the Yankees have the same lineup. Nothing's changed. They brought Aaron Judge back, and that's it. And they brought Rodon in, and that's it. This is a bridge year for the Yankees. They need to see what they have in Anthony Volpe, Oswaldo, Oswaldo Cabrera, uh, and, and, and Peraza. They need to see what they have in these three guys. Because if they don't have anything in these guys, and here's the other problem too. The Yankees are tight now. Here's the thing. The problem with the Yankees as well as with judges in the playoffs. He's not a good playoff player. We've seen that. The other issue, too, is I, I, what about the bullpen? Where do the Yankees go with the bullpen? To me, that's something that the Yankees need to figure out. Because Clay Holmes had a nice year last year, but he got hurt. They didn't improve their bullpen. They brought Tommy Canley back. And now their contracts are stuck there with Stannon, Judge, Cole, now Rodon, Ed LeMayhew, Ed Rizzo, big contracts. How do the Yankees improve there? That I'm not sure about. I said they don't win the AL East, but Toronto did good with their pitching this offseason. We'll see if the Yankees are there. They're not as good as Houston. Houston got better getting Jose Abreu. To me, I think that was a good move by the Astros. They have uh, their prospect coming in, I believe Brown. He's going to replace Verlander. Astros will be fun. Into the basketball right now really quick. And if you look at the Western Conference standings, you see the top two teams right now are, if I'm not mistaken, the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies. And I got to ask you this question. How does the NBA sell just a a, a, a it, not not a passionate fan, just a fan that watches every now and then. How do they sell one of those two teams being in the NBA Finals? Maybe to the fan that watches every game, they get ecstatic about it. They love it. It's great. It's awesome. It works perfectly. But but just a, a conservative fan that doesn't watch all the time, how are you going to sell me on the Nuggets and the Grizzlies? How are you going to sell me on the Pelicans? 
How you, it's impossible to sell me on these teams. Denver's not. Excuse me. Dallas has not been good this year. They lost Jalen Brunson, who goes to the Knicks, and and Cuban's doing exactly to Doncic what he did to Dirk, where he never gave him players around him to play with. He lets Steve Nash walk out the door. He lets Jalen Brunson walk out the door. Same thing. Nash and Brunson are not the same player, but I'm saying all-star caliber players. They let them leave and walk out the door. Can't do that. Then you have the Warriors, who have been so hit and miss this year. I wonder if they, if I know the injuries are happening, but the Draymond Green thing was a mess. But Jordan Poole, when he punched him. So the thing of it is, is that the NBA can't sell the conservative fan on these teams. Everybody's in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics, the Nets, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Cavs. The, you know, I'm not going to put the Knicks in there. But all those teams have superstars. Giannis on the Bucks, Durant and Kyrie on the Nets. We know Durant's out right now. Mitchell on the Cavs. Embiid on the Sixers. Superstar players all over there. And the one big superstar that's in the Western Conference is LeBron, and they're not going to make the playoffs again. You can't sell. You can't sell that. And I'm very curious how the ratings would be during the Western Conference Finals this year if it is, say, a Memphis-Denver. How are you going to explain that one if you're Adam Silver? You can't. Okay. Jokic is is a very good player, MVP winner. John Morant is an MVP caliber player. That's not putting the fans in the on the East to watch those games because they're not big market teams. Milwaukee's a big market team now because of Giannis. There's there's superstar players and then there's generational players. Giannis to me has gotten to that point where he's become a generational player. Embiid in Philly, big basketball city. Knicks. Nets, big basketball cities. Celtics, huge basketball city. You can't sell me on that. So to me, not gonna, not gonna do it. All right, Speedy, it's time to get to our buzzer beater right now. Let's play the noise. Thank you. And my buzzer beater today is on the potential WWE sale and everything that's going on. So we heard all the rumors about the last few days about this Saudi Arabia stuff. It sounds like it's not going to happen. Thank God. It is not going to happen to me. It's still, I would disagree with you. And as great as the Celtics have a good basketball state, New York is basketball. The Knicks have been terrible for the last 30-plus years. <clears throat> and they still sell out the garden every night. If the WWE did sell to Saudi Arabia, done with the product. Won't watch it anymore. We'll have no interest in it anymore. Fed up with it. Can't do it. Now I'm hearing the reports that Tony Khan wants to possibly – by WWE and merge AWWE and Tony Khan's going to run all of the professional wrestling industry. I like the competition aspect of it. I've liked WWE's product since Triple H took over and Vince left and now Vince is back and it's everything's ruined. Hate it, can't stand it, terrible decision. It would be disappointing if they do sell it to some to Saudi Arabia. I don't think they're going to. You hope they don't. But if Tony Khan buys it, I'm not sure I'd be all on board up for that either. Merging WWE and AEW together is too much. Too much. Too much happening. 
Can't have it. They're, they're two completely separate brands. Don't do it. I like the way it is right now. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for tuning in tonight to Game On. I hope everybody enjoyed it. It was a little bit of an extended episode. We started a little bit late. That's okay. We'll be back on at 6. You know, let's see. He says, Tony will be celebrating the Jags win, so it won't get done. Okay. Yes, let's see. There you go. Speedy's right. Tony Khan will be too busy celebrating if the Jaguars win. So how's he going to get WWE merged together with AEW? Uh, again, if you love the show and love other shows as well, download the free app. Type in WWSRN if you have an iPhone. If you have an Android, you go to the Google Play Store. You type in Worldwide Sports. WorldwideSportsRadio.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, and so many more social media options. Speedy, Petey, thank you so much for helping out this week. I know I'm going to win this week, although the charges are probably lower for me. I want to thank all the fans for listening and watching. Again, don't be shy to call in 631-672-3108. Call in. Share your voice. Telling you, we want to hear you. Okay, have a conversation. Love it. I'll continue to read your Facebook con- your, your things. I know my, my neighbor James is chiming in. Love love seeing that for sure. Uh, Frankie chiming in as well. Of course, my parents chiming in. Snug always doing it. Jeff had a, a comment before. Uh, Kenny was doing his thing and everything like that. Uh, so we are done uh, for this week. We'll be back on next week again. Call in. James, I'd love for you to call in and talk about hockey. I know you're going to talk nonstop about the Rangers, so I'm prepared for that. That'll make Speedy happy because he's a Ranger fan as well. Thank you so much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, to Game On here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the playoff games, everybody. Have a good one. We'll talk to you then. Have a safe and fun weekend. This has been Game On on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.